In John 15, 8, Jesus said to his followers, When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. So the big question is, how do we become true disciples of Jesus Christ who produce much fruit and bring great glory to the Father? Well, that is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rod Nichols, and welcome to the True Disciple Podcast. Welcome to True Disciple number 20. This is Rod Nichols, and I'm proud of you for hanging in there and listening to all of the previous messages. If you haven't had a chance to do that, click on Weekly Messages. It's a button that's right under the current message on the front page of www.truedisciple.info. This will bring you to a complete list of all of the messages that we've done so far, and you can get completely up to date. These messages are all short, so it shouldn't take you very long, but they're all really powerful and life-changing. So this week, my topic is, you are a minister. (laughs) And I can hear a bunch of you thinking or saying, no, I'm not. And my reply is, yes, you are, and let me prove it in this short message. You see, in the church that we see today, the minister stands in front of the congregation and he or she preaches every Saturday or Sunday, sometimes Wednesday, and the congregation just sits and listens. Now, although this is very common today, it wasn't the way the early church was. First, Jesus' disciples were ordinary men. They were not religious leaders. We see this all throughout the Gospels. They didn't attend the local rabbinical school to become a rabbi. Rather, they were workmen. They were fishermen. They were tax collectors. And and likely uh, some of the others, it doesn't identify what their jobs were, but they were just people that worked at jobs like most of us do in the community. Jesus didn't come in and choose the high priest or the other rabbis as his followers. He chose people like you and me. Secondly, after Jesus had invested three years training the disciples, they began to train others, who trained others, who trained others, who trained others. And that's why we have the church worldwide that we have today. Now, in the early days, uh, around when, when Jesus walked the earth and, and afterwards, they met wherever they met. Very often they met in homes, they met in workplaces, they met in the marketplace, they met in, met in the temple courtyard, which was open to everyone. There weren't any church buildings as we see today. In fact, it wasn't until around 1313 AD that the Roman Empire Constantine recognized Christianity as a legal religion. And that's when the church buildings began to be built and were first owned by the Roman Church, which was the beginning of the Roman Catholic Church that we know of today. Now, there are some yet unconfirmed reports of a building used by Christians near the Euphrates River in eastern Roman Syria. It appears to be around 420 AD. No one's been able to really confirm that. It could have been a building built for worship, but it also could have been a large house as the early Christian church utilized the larger houses to meet, eat, talk about Jesus, and learn from other disciples, and then, and then pray. Now, I'm sure that those of you who know the Bible are probably thinking about Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, that talks about different ministry positions. And so let's look at that next. 
In reading it in the New King James Version, it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The he himself is Jesus. So Jesus gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now these were not supposed to be positions. They, they, they weren't supposed to be job titles. <laughs> they were Basically they were giftings. The uh, apostle Paul is speaking here. And what he's saying is that God has gifted some people to be equippers of saints. Now the saints are all believers. If you're a believer, you're a saint. And these people that have been gifted in this way are equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, it says. Now, the work of the ministry is to go out and preach the gospel and make disciples. So someone who does ministry would be called a minister. (laughs) Now, that doesn't line up with the way we think of ministers or pastors. But if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then you are a minister. Now, you may not have been gifted by God to equip other ministers, but you are a minister. And Jesus expects you to go out and do what he said in Mark 16:15, where he said to go into the world and preach the gospel, the good news about salvation. And then in Matthew 28:19, where Jesus said to go and make disciples of all the nations. So we the ministers for Jesus are to go out and preach the gospel and to make disciples. We can't rely on those professional ministers who stand in the pulpit every Sunday. That's not the way it was intended. There's nothing wrong with what they're doing because they're doing what they're supposed to do. They are supposed to equip all of us to go do the work of the ministry. But if we begin to rely on them to do all of the ministry, then we're not doing what Jesus told us to do. Now, Jesus wasn't speaking to religious people who had degrees from seminaries and Bible colleges. He was talking to fishermen and tax collectors and average people. He was speaking to all of us. If we leave the work to the professional ministers, we're shirking our God-given duties to spread the gospel and make disciples. And as a true disciple of Jesus Christ, you must embrace the fact that you are a minister. You don't have to have any fancy degrees. You don't have to have a pulpit, but you are a minister. And you should be out sharing the gospel with your family, neighbors, co-workers, and friends. Just tell them what Jesus has done for you. Share your testimony. Tell them how, how great it is to be a Christian, to follow Jesus, and the wonderful future that we have with him in heaven. Now, most of us are afraid that if we talk about Jesus with people we know, they're going to reject us or it's going to affect our relationship. Well, you know, this is a scheme of Satan. It's a scheme of Satan to keep the church from expanding across the earth as God intended from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. It's a lie from the father of lies. In fact, in a recent study of non-believers, they found that 79% of them were open to hearing about the gospel from someone who was sincere about walking out their faith. Most people replied that they would be interested in learning more and would even go to a church service if someone would just ask them. 
Isn't that amazing? There are so many people out there that are interested in hearing about Jesus, and they would even go with you to a church service if you would just ask them. What does this all look like for you? Well, first, as I said, share your testimony. Share how you received Jesus into your life. Share how your life has been improved. Second, be ready to answer questions, but don't feel like you have to know it all. It's actually better if you don't. If they ask a question you can't answer, just tell them, you know, that is a great question. Let me do some research and find out for you. This gives you an opportunity to get back with them and uh, share more with them. And so every time they have a question you can't answer, now you can go do research. You begin to grow and you now come back with an answer and they see that, wow, if I become a Christian, I don't have to have it all together and I don't have to have all of the answers. Third, ask them if they'd like to receive Jesus as their Savior. Explain that that we've all sinned, there are no exceptions, and that the penalty of sin is death, that it's, it's a spiritual death, and it's uh, when, we, when we leave this body, when our physical body dies, that it, it's a, a life away from God, and they, they don't want that. <laughs> they, want, they want to spend life with God, all of eternity with God, and with all of the other believers. So, so ask them if they would like to receive Jesus as a Savior. It's a, it's a free gift. They don't have to really do anything except to believe that they need a Savior and that Jesus is that Savior. Then fourth, invite them to your church service to begin their journey with Christ. And finally, continue to interact with them because they're now your disciple. This is the making of disciples. Don't just turn them over to the church thinking that, oh, they'll take care of them. That's great, but it's your responsibility to walk with them down this path of discipleship. Now, I want you to imagine for just a moment, what if all of us did this with just one person each month? What kind of impact would that have on our family, our friends, our workplace, our community, our country, and the world? And you know what? It all starts with you. And it all starts with me. We're the ones that can be world changers. But we start in our little world right around us. Well, that's it for message number 20. You now have the knowledge and a choice. You can file it away as just another nice message, or you can begin to put it to work and change the world around you. It's your choice. The good news is that you don't have to do it alone. Because you have the Holy Spirit living in you. And he will give you the words to speak. He will lead you to the right people. He will help you down this path. You will never be alone. Well, thanks for listening. Have a wonderfully blessed week.